You are listening to the Brave AF podcast. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to live a bold, brave, and badass life, which of course is the mindset behind it all. You're in the right place if you want to give fewer fucks about what other people think, quit the procrastination, stop the people pleasing, and release your tight grip on perfection. I know a thing or two about all of it. (laughs) I am your host, certified life coach and rebel, Zena Jones. And I am on a mission to help women lead brave as fuck lives whilst also having their own backs. So my friend, let's fucking go. Hello, 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 my friends. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. Hope you are magical wherever you are in the world. So I wanted to start before we dive into imposter syndrome, which by the way, I'm very excited about because we've had a lot of requests. It's been a bit of a topic of conversation recently. But before we do that, I just wanted to share that y'all should get on my email list. (laughs) If you're not already, definitely make sure you get on my email list because I've got a couple of exciting, fun things coming up. Um, And I recently did a shout out where I offered anyone who wanted to hop on the phone and have a coffee or a wine, just a catch up, a virtual kind of a hangout, shall we say. I offered that to my email list and I have met with a lot of you all and it's been super fun. (laughs) I love getting to know you guys and hanging out with you and hearing about, you know, your favorite podcast episodes and what you've learned from the podcast and talking about travel and courageous, brave, bold, beautiful things. So it has been super fun. Anyway, I wanted to shout out one specific person who I talked to, Anne Marie, who is in the east coast of the US. I won't specifically name where. And she introduced me to this incredible concept of primitive camping, which is so fun. <laughs> Terrifies me at the same time, but sounds so fun. So for those of you who don't know, what I gather this to be is like a version of Survivor. You know the TV show Survivor? I watched that so many moons ago. But anyway, she was telling me about her and a group of friends, how they went to an island, an an uninhabited island nearby to where they live and took all of the stuff that you would need and they pitched a tent, each pitched their own tent and stayed overnight. Um, And then the challenges and the joys and all the, the things that go with that. And I just think it's such a fucking fabulous idea because it really gets you outside of your comfort zone. And that is something that you could literally do, you know, in a campground close to home in order to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, where you are now and wanting to perhaps solo travel. And when I say bridge the gap, doing something like this, and this is what her and I talked about, like it really does show you that you are capable of doing hard things. You are capable of dealing with challenges. I know she talked about like a storm coming through and literally she was the thing holding her tent down by lying on the, t- in the, gra- on the ground of the tent, right? <laughs> Which I thought was a great story. But like when we do stuff like this, we are literally collecting evidence for our brain that we are capable, we are resourceful, we are courageous, we can do hard things, right? We can leave our comfort zones, we can have fun doing shit like this. So if you guys remember one of the episodes we talked about having a file of fantastic shit, so basically an evidence file where you collect a whole bunch of amazing things that you have done to show your brain that you are capable, courageous, confident, amazing, fucking fantastic, This is the kind of thing that you would put in that vial of fantastic shit. 
So primitive camping, my friends. The idea terrifies me and excites me at the same time. I will keep you posted on that. <laughs> Shout out to Anne-Marie for introducing me to this super fun concept. So we today are going to talk about imposter syndrome and I am going to give you three things that you can do when this shows up for you. So imposter syndrome, you know that feeling you get when you perhaps walk into a room full of successful people and you start to think like, holy shit, who am I to be here? Like I am a fraud. I don't belong here. I am nowhere near as competent as these people are, right? I experienced this six years ago. This is one of the standout memories. I've experienced it a lot. I'll tell you that, right? And I still do. But one that stands out in my brain is <clears throat> six years ago, I was at coach training. I was in the at the life coach school. And at that point in time, it was in Sacramento, California. They've since moved to, I believe, Texas. But anyway, I was in the room at coach training and there was a group of, I think, 25 women plus the master coaches who were supporting Brooke and training us. And I'm having this absolutely mind-blowing experience. We are incredible. There's a group of incredible smart women all certifying as coaches. I'm having an amazing time and I'm, I'm like literally making lifelong friends. And then it must have been about day three, about midway through, I felt like I got slapped in the face with this thought of who am I to do this? Like really, who am I to be in this room with these amazing women? Who am I to become a life coach? Who am I to start a business? Who the hell am I to do this? Like I did not feel like I deserved to be in that room with those people having that life-changing experience and about to you know, embark on this journey of helping others in starting my own business. I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. I felt like someone was literally gonna pull me aside and be like, huh, we found you. <laughs> you can't be here, you're not smart enough. You're not from the US, you aren't like these women. You don't have what it takes. I really did feel like someone was gonna yank me aside and say that. So I went to the Googles and I did a little bit of research because I wanted to clarify a few things that I had heard about imposter syndrome and I just wanted to make sure that they were accurate. But also in doing that, I got a really useful definition that I wanted to share with you all. So imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. So it's doubting that you have what it takes doubting you and what you're capable of and feeling like a fraud. Like someone's literally going to pull you aside and be like, found ya. <laughs> and it goes on to say that it disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. And to counter these feelings, you might end up working harder and holding yourself to even higher standards. So part of the reason I wanted to do this research is because I had heard some of the history of imposter syndrome and I wanted to see if that rang true in the research that I did. And the history that I'm referring to is that women first came up, well, well not women, but the, the term imposter syndrome was coined. Is that, is that what we say? It was kind of clarified and, and put into words in the 1970s. And that was when women had 
been entering into the workforce. So according to the research I did between 1930s and 1970s was really when women started to enter the workforce. Workforce, And so there are a lot of women in the Industrial Revolution and entering into the workforce. And that is when the strict segregation was beginning to lessen, meaning that, you know, women were allowed to, you know, have different roles and different positions and being able to do a lot of the, well not a lot of, but definitely some of the roles that the men had typically been doing. And what was happening was women were looking around and not seeing anyone who looked like them, any other women in these positions that they all of a sudden found themselves in. And that wasn't to say that they weren't qualified, perhaps even more so qualified than the men, that they, you know, they had the education, they had the background, they had the experience, they had the knowledge, they had the tools, they had all of that. But because they weren't seeing people who looked like them, and of course with sexism and, you know, not to mention things like even racism and all of that going on behind the scenes, there was a lot of people who felt like, you know, a lot of women specifically who felt fraudulent, who felt like they didn't have what it took to be there. Okay, so just a, a real brief kind of lesson on on where that came from. So some examples that I will give you where you may experience this is where you enter into a new environment. So whether that be, I'm trying to think of an example that I have when I went to, this is more of a, a workplace related example, but I remember when I went to a global conference for the travel agency I worked for and our first conference that I attended overseas was in uh, Shanghai in China. And I remember being in that room full of leaders and leadership team members and you know all of these high up employees and the CEO of the company and all sorts of things and just thinking, holy fuck, like, can I be here? is this allowed? Not to mention the entire trip was paid for and, you know, it was really put on and it was like very elaborate and beautiful and fancy and all the things. And I was just like, whoa, like I remember kind of shrinking back in my seat at the opening kind of party or opening ceremony. And I remember shrinking back in my seat and just looking around wide eyed, like, oh, holy shit. Like, and then, you know, when we're doing group activities and things, I remember really holding back and not wanting to say anything because I was doubting myself and my abilities at that stage. So other examples include in, you know, academic settings. So, you know, in, in school, in college, in, you know, different environments where you were learning. In the workplace, that one's huge, right? In the workplace, especially when it comes to going for promotions, when it comes to sharing our ideas and speaking up. Um, social interactions and relationships. So recently I had made a new friend and she is a very successful person and I really, really admire that in her and we've become quite close, quite good friends. And early on in our friendship, I noticed I was feeling like the imposter in the friendship. So that's what I mean when I say that this still shows up for me is that it, it comes up in different settings and different levels when I achieve, you know, new levels of success in my business, when I, you know, make new friends, when I put myself in conferences and rooms with other successful businesswomen, I still experience this and I'm going to tell you exactly how I work through it in a few minutes. <laughs> Another time I remember this was when I signed my very first coaching client who paid me $600 for six weeks. And this was roughly six years ago now because I've been a coach, I think 
almost seven years. So that I remember that because it wasn't just the first one. It was the first few clients, but that very first one who paid me and she'd worked with me for free for six weeks and then wanted to continue and she paid me. And I was like, holy shit, like, I don't know, I would do this for free. Like, I love this work. I don't know if I can do this. Who am I to to be charging for this? Am I good enough for that? Like, I'm still learning. I'm still new. Like all of those things. That, my friends, is imposter syndrome. (laughs) So what was interesting in some of this research is just noticing that a lot of the research talked about how it is more common in women than it is in men. However, it is growing in men as well as women. So it is almost equal according to the research. And that, of course, depends on, you know, who you're speaking to and where you're interviewing. But I found that interesting. So we basically have this glass ceiling that we need to bust through. That's kind of how I visualize it when I'm, I'm a very visual person, person. And I think about, you know, being, you know, in this huge glass box and it's like you've kind of floated up to the top and then you've, you've hit the ceiling and you're butting your head against the ceiling and you've got to open the door and let yourself free. So the problem with imposter syndrome is that we make it mean something has gone wrong, that something is wrong. So when we get that feeling of imposter syndrome, we're like, oh shit, like I need to fix this. I need to get rid of this, right? So we make it mean that we shouldn't be here, right? That we don't have what it takes, We don't deserve this. We can't do this. We're not good enough for this. Or worse still, we make it mean that it's too good to be true. I'm going to share a story of that one soon. And what happens when we make it mean all of those things is we freak out. We self-sabotage or we hustle to work harder and prove our worthiness or our abilities. Or we quit and we hide and we stop going after more. Basically, we feel so uncomfortable experiencing that feeling of imposter syndrome that we do whatever we have to do to make the feeling go away, right? To dampen it, to lessen it, to get rid of it. So we either shy away, we pull back, or we take a bunch of action to try and make that feeling go away. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, Right, You will know that unless we change the thoughts creating the feeling of imposter syndrome, we aren't addressing the real issue. Remember, what we think determines how we feel and how we feel determines how we show up, the actions we take. Right. So when we're feeling like an imposter, that is because of the thoughts that we are thinking. And these thoughts aren't simply true because you're having them. Okay, just because you think a thought doesn't mean it's true. They only feel true because you haven't stopped to question them, to disprove them, to challenge them. Ultimately, we get to decide what is true for us. We get to decide what we believe, what we think, what we put in our brain. Right? Not some sneaky, cheeky, little bitch-ass thought that your brain is offering you to keep you inside your comfort zone. Okay? <laughs> Felt like a bit of a, a loving bitch lap right there. <laughs> I'm here for it. So here's what I've discovered. When I'm feeling imposter syndrome, it is a win. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, it is a win. It is a celebration because it means that I had the courage to leave my comfort zone. When we feel imposter syndrome, we are playing big, right? It means that we are achieving our goals. We are doing hard things and reaching new levels of success. Right? When we're experiencing imposter syndrome, we are creating and doing and we have got the very thing we wanted. We simply hadn't anticipated that it would feel like this when we got there. <laughs> That's all. Right? Feeling imposter syndrome means that we have left our comfort zones. And that, my friends, is where the magic happens. Right? When we leave our comfort zones... We experience emotions that often make us want to retreat back to the comfort of what we know. That doesn't mean that that is what we really want to do. Okay. So let me give you these three tips that I have for when we're experiencing imposter syndrome. And as I said, these are three things that I use myself when it comes up for me. And it does sometimes. It still shows up. I just don't think that that is a problem. So let's talk about it. So number three, expect it, welcome it and celebrate it. One of the things I love to say to my brain is, of course, of course, this is happening. Of course, my brain has got imposter syndrome. Of course, my brain is trying to, you know, freak out and challenge me and Tell me that I'm a fraud. Of course, this is happening. I know exactly why this is happening. It's happening because I left my comfort zone. I have reached a new level of success. I have achieved something that I wanted to achieve. Right? Of course, this is happening. My brain is actually doing its job. Right? Remember the motivational triad. If you picture a triangle and on three corners, right? On one corner, we have pain. On one corner, we have pleasure. On the third corner, we have ease. Right, My brain wants to do things that are immediately pleasurable. It would rather have instant gratification. It wants to avoid pain and use very little energy. Save our effort at all times. And what is happening right now is I have achieved a new level of success. Meaning that yes, something positive has happened. Right? And often we expect that this will only happen with negative emotion. But it also happens with positive emotion when we're not used to experiencing it. Our brain freaks out and it wants to draw us back to this tiny little box that is our comfort zone because it thinks danger, something's gone wrong, right? This, is, this isn't feeling good. This isn't gratifying. This isn't comfortable. This is feeling too hard. It doesn't feel easy, right? It feels painful, even though it is something I want. Our brain is confused. That is all. So what does it do? It tries to put us back into our comfort zone, put put us back in the box. (laughs) Think of a jack in the box, right? Put us back in the box. No, of course this is happening. Of course I'm feeling imposter syndrome. This is simply part of the process. My brain is doing its job. Nothing has gone wrong. Okay. So number three, expect it, welcome it and celebrate it. So one of the things I do is remind myself, of course, this is happening. And I'll also sometimes say to myself, this is the part when, this is the part when my brain freaks out, right? 
So I will give you a couple of examples in a minute of this, but like I have achieved something or I've got something I've wanted and then my brain's like, ah, alarm bells, warning, warning. You're an imposter. You're a fraud. You shouldn't be here. It's too good to be true. Who are you to do this? And I just remind my brain, oh, hello. This is the part when you freak out. <laughs> it's okay. This is just the part when my brain tries to convince me I'm an imposter. That's it. It's okay. Right? I'm feeling like an imposter and it's okay. That is the third part of this is so we've got, of course, reminding my brain, of course, this is happening. And this is the part when, right? This is the part when my brain freaks out. This is the part when I feel like an imposter because I've reached this new level of success. I've achieved this thing I wanted. That's okay. And the third part is reminding myself and it's okay. I feel like an imposter right now and it's okay. I'm simply feeling like a fraud and it's okay. This is just part of the process. Okay, so expect it, welcome it, celebrate it, right? Hello, you're feeling imposter syndrome. This is great. It means you've left your comfort zone. You're doing big things, right? It means you're playing big. If you're not feeling like an imposter, are you playing big enough? Are you living your life to the fullest? Yes, welcome it. So number two, ask yourself, how did I create this? So don't let your brain label it a fluke or too good to be true. That is bullshit. You created this. You made this happen. You got yourself in this room. You made this friend. You created this relationship. You started this business. You deserve to be paid for your services and you have been. How did you create this? So look at specifically how you created this. And I highly recommend you do a success evaluation. Okay, something I have my clients do where you get very specific about how you created it and how you will celebrate yourself for doing so. So what did you do specifically to create this outcome, this result? How are you thinking and feeling? Who were you being? Get specific, make a list, write it down or type it out. So one of the examples that I was going to give you is I felt like an imposter when I was very new in my relationship with my partner. So as you all know, I was single for a long period of time, over 10 years and joined, you know, dating and dating apps and so forth. And I connected with my partner and it was just so easy from the beginning. It was so natural and so fun and I remember being on, he travels a little bit for work and we were traveling around the country and I was with him at the time and we were just like, it was a beautiful day and it was sunny and we were in this road trip listening to good music and having great conversations and it was just so fun and I was just so happy in that moment and my brain whispered to me, yeah, this is too good to be true. <laughs> Who are you to deserve this? I was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Kind of feels like a bit of a slap in the face when you when you hear that, right? But one of the things I really worked on was looking at, well, hang on a minute. How did I create this? Because I didn't want that sneaky little thought to cause any self-sabotage, any doubt or anything like that. I knew exactly what was happening. And so I did the work on it. And one of the things I looked at was how I created this, right? And I was very honest with myself. 
I worked hard to leave my comfort zone. This was not easy for me. I was terrified and I did hard things to get here, right? And so I I wrote all of that down and I really acknowledged what I had done to create the relationship that I was in, to create that level of, you know, happiness and success and fulfillment that I had inside that relationship. I really looked at it and that helped me to own that I had created that and I deserved it, okay? So part of that, a big part of that is increasing your capacity to receive, okay? And one of the things I like to do as part of this, so number two is asking yourself, how did you create this, right? Is showing myself like, this is who I am now. And I love to practice that thought when I achieve something big and a new milestone or, you know, do something that was really hard for me. And I'm starting to to kind of, you know, teeter on the edge of that imposter syndrome feeling or I'm perhaps fully swimming in it is ask myself, like tell myself rather, like this is who I am now. Right. And how is that true? How is it true that this is simply who I am now? Such a powerful thought to believe This is who I am now. Okay, so I offer you that thought, my friends. Very powerful. So we've done three, we've done two. Number one, and I think that this is, although they're all very important, maybe this is my favorite. And number one is to up-level your self-concept. Okay, so the way that you think and feel about yourself, changing your self-concept, how you see yourself. So... As I was telling you before, I felt like an imposter when I was at my coach training, right? Learning from the best in the industry amongst that incredible, inspiring, courageous group of women, you know, and I was coached multiple times on my thinking of who am I to do this? Who am I to be here? Again, I felt like an imposter when I left my job and to finally go working full time for myself. I think that was in 2019. So that was when, you know, I started to think, gosh, who am I to be doing this? Am I, am I going to be able to do this? And then you know, having success in my business, again, multiple levels of imposter syndrome. So in all cases, my self-concept didn't yet match my new identity, meaning that I didn't yet believe that's who I was. So when I was at that coach certification back in 2016 in, in the US, I didn't yet believe that I was a life coach and a business owner, and an entrepreneur. So when I, you know, started that, when that was, who I started, (laughs) struggling with my words today, my friends. So when I started that journey, and I was in the process of becoming a life coach, and we were all being referred to as life coaches, and yet my brain wasn't on board with that being who I was. So I had to spend time believing and working on increasing my belief in I am a life coach now. I am a business owner. I am an entrepreneur. I help women change their lives, right? I had to get to work changing my self-concept on who I was and who I wanted to believe that I was. And as soon as that self-concept began to match, that was when the imposter syndrome disappeared. That was when there there were new levels, don't get me wrong, right? Like then I got my, you know, first paid client and then I 
hit the imposter syndrome again and we work through it again. But the more you can work through it using these tools that I've given you here, the quicker you can get through it. And the easier it is to notify, sorry, notice and label and move on from. Like I just notice it now and I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't a problem. And if I notice it lingering, like a bad smell, right? If I notice it lingering, that's when I will do the work on it. Okay, so I'm giving you guys some of the tools to be able to do that work. I went a little off tangent then. So as I was saying, my thoughts about me didn't match what I was doing and who I was being. So that is where the self-concept piece comes in. Change your thoughts about you and who you are and what you're capable of, right? And you change the imposter syndrome. You crush it, right? So when you change the way you think about yourself and your success and what you're capable of and what you deserve, when you change all of that, then you change the way you feel. So a couple of questions I want to offer you is, why do I deserve this? Why am I the best person to be doing this, to be here, to have this? Right. So when, for example, when I got my first paying client back then, one of the questions I asked myself is, why am I the best person to help her? Like, why me? Right. And some of the answers that I came up with, I remember at the time being like, well, you know, She sees something in me that she wants. I have tools that can help her. We have a connection, right? So many, there are so many things that you can come up with. What do I want to, oh, (laughs) trying to read my own writing here. What do I want to make imposter syndrome mean about me? I love that question. Like just not acknowledging like, what am I making it mean about me now? Like I'm making it mean I'm a fraud and I can't do this and I shouldn't be here, right? But what do I want to make it mean? Take charge, be direct, be deliberate. When you feel imposter syndrome, when you feel like a fraud, what do you want to make it mean about you? Okay. And how am I already a bad bitch who deserves to have this and so much more? It's a fun little question for y'all. (laughs) and one of the things that I love to ask people when they're saying like who am I to do this is why the fuck not you like why the heck not right (laughs) all right my friends huge love to you all make sure to have a fucking fantastic week and do the work on imposter syndrome right? This is worth doing because when we don't do it, right, you will notice this yourself. We either self-sabotage or we hustle for our worthiness, right? So if we can get to the root cause, which is our thinking, then we can solve. We can change our self-concept. We can elevate, you know, how we see ourselves in the world and we can get to the bottom of this sticky issue very quickly, then we can go about creating even more in the world, right? Doing bigger, badass things. Okay, my friends. Now, last thing I want to say, if you have made it to the end here, which of course you have, please come and hang out with me on Instagram. I'm having so much fun there. Xena.jones.coach. Remember, Xena is spelled X-E-N-A, just like Xena Warrior Princess. And yes, there will be some crazy cat lady photos because that is how we roll. But I love you all. (laughs) 
I did this survey the other day, total side note, did a survey. Um, I wasn't well last week and I had a couple of days off and I asked, are you a cat or a dog person? And I was kind of horrified to discover that most of the people who follow me are dog people, not cat people. I just kind of thought that because I'm a crazy cat lady, a lot of the people who would follow me would also be crazy cat people or love cats, but that is not necessarily the case. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> all right. Maybe we're all animal lovers. That's what it is. Okay. Huge love, my friends. Take care. I'll see you soon. Hey friends, if you want to hang out, come find me on Instagram. I love playing over there and sharing lots of little gems. Xena.jones.coach is where you will find me. Remember, Xena is spelt with an X. Also, you can check out my website, xenajones.com. And if you would like to explore coaching and working with me one-to-one, -one, then please do book in for a consult. I would love to chat with you.